Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guest today has been making it pop since 2014, thanks to a gift her employer gave her. Now she's your favorite snack dealer. Please welcome the owner of Major's Project Pop, an organic vegan popcorn brand, Shaniqua Major Lewis. What's going on, Major? What's going on? I love that introduction. I've been making it pop. I I like that. I might see that. (laughs) I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, So go-to question always. Thank you so much for having lunch with me. What's your go-to like lunch sandwich? Lunch sandwich. Mm. So if I'm at home, I typically will make, I love anything with avocado. So not really a sandwich, but I'm always a sucker for like an avocado toast. But one of my favorite sandwiches outside of my home is actually at Cafe Linger. Okay. Um, I'm, I eat plant-based. So yep. they do this like chickpea tuna sandwich. It's so good. And I add like a lot of hot sauce to it. It's very like tangy and savory and spicy. So I love that. Uh, That's probably like my go-to sandwich prior to that. It would have been at Dandelion, but you know, rest in peace yeah, to rest them. Rest in peace to them. I know, but Cafe Linger, they make a really good sandwich that when they do have it, I try to go and get it. Nice. That's awesome. I love that. I love hearing other people. I always, and I changed my answer, my question before to be like, go to like sandwich into like sandwich slash lunch. Cause I did, I felt some people were like, well, do I have to give you a sandwich? I'm like, no, you don't have to give me a sandwich. It's okay. I'm like, just cause I love sandwiches. You could like other things. So I know. uh, know, So I totally get it. I need a variety of things, but I have to be like in a sandwich mood. Yeah. And Every time I have it, it's never missed there. Like it's always really good. So that's, that's always good to know. I'm, I'll definitely, I now I want to check it out. Now I want to check out what this chickpea uh, tuna style is. Yes. Uh, I definitely want to know about that. So I briefly mentioned in the intro, tell folks a little bit about how you started major pro majors project pop. Yeah. So there's a really long story. There's a long story. And then there's like the palatable story. I'll give us the palatable story today. Yeah. Lunch break style, lunch break style. Oh, lunch break style. Okay. So here's the thing. I've worked in PR for about 12 years now. I'm actually, I still own, uh, I still work in PR and own an agency. So I do that, you know, between, I spent my time between popcorn and PR. But back when I first started my career, I started to work for a food PR agency. So I fell in love with food, the people that make it, the people that grow it, how it's distributed, people that eat it and everything in between. So my employer at that time gifted me with a popcorn machine. And it was like, just like one of the ones you plug in, like an air popper. And I got really creative at the office every day by making popcorn as a snack for the staff. So I like ran that office. So I always wanted to do things to like boost the morale and get everybody excited. But it was really fun way. It was a fun way for me to utilize this gift that I got. So I would come up with everything from like savory to sweet and in between. And that next show, that was for the holiday season. That next February, we went down to South Beach Food and Wine Festival because we had a ton of clients in the festival. And there was a limbo contest and your girl won. So with that, with that winning, I got a Williams-Sonoma gift card. So I decided to up my popcorn game and I got a whirly popper and I just started to experiment. And I just started to get these ideas of what this popcorn business could be in the future. And what I dreamt up at that time is totally different than what I'm doing today. I don't want to share it because I might actually do it one day. Okay. But um, maybe it might have been maybe a year or so later, 
I heard about this foodpreneur series that they were having at Easton Market. And I was like, this sounds like a really cool idea. And a friend of mine at that time, we thought we were both going to start a juicery. So we were like, okay, let's start a juice bar. We found out that like, it's really expensive to run a juice bar <laughs> and very hard with all the yeah. fresh ingredients. And then we start, we thought we want to do a soap business. And then in between the first class and the second class, she dropped out and I was there by myself figuring out well, what do I want to do? And I thought, well, why not explore this popcorn idea that I've had in the back of my mind for the last year or so? And I pursued it. And on the third part, like there's three parts to their uh, Foodpreneur series. The third part allowed me to actually pop up and showcase whatever it is that you make. So some people were doing barbecue and sauces and various things. And I had popcorn, of course. And I came out with, I think I did two different flavors at that time, or maybe it was three. I had back in the day what was called the ebony and ivory. So that was just like a classic sea salt and cracked black pepper. I think I just had a sea salt. And then I had what used to be called the nine to five, which is now our OG flavor, which is like our take on kettle corn. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I got started. It was really out of this innate desire in me to be an entrepreneur. I grew up watching my mom be a hairstylist my entire life. And back when I was a kid, we didn't call it like, we didn't call our parents entrepreneurs. They just owned a business or went to work, right? Yeah. So watching her and then growing into my career, I just had this itch to do more than what I was doing. I don't know why. I just maybe wanted to make my life even more stressful. <laughs> but I just had this itch. So I did everything from like almost joining the military, like the rest of my family, to um, going, applying to grad school. I I just had all these ideas of things that I wanted to do, but ultimately you know, popcorn found its place in my world. And I just decided to create a snack that I felt good about feeding my nieces. So it's always been really clean ingredients, no preservatives, all organic, all vegan. And yeah, it's just been a big part of my life now for the past, I don't know, handful of years now. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. Uh, what, so it's funny because um, in my research, you know, things, I always like to tell people like how I, how I met you, how I found you. Yeah. Uh, things like how that. So what's interesting is this, and you're going to go, oh man, I didn't even realize it. So I, I knew obviously that you ran and you did like, and I was doing my research and stuff. And I know that you currently run, you know, like when you mentioned you have your own PR firm, whatever's yeah. good. Um, but we actually met because of that PR job that gave you the popcorn. I believe it was the company that gave you the popcorn. Um, we okay. actually met because I, I do events like sandwich eat up events. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. remember that you actually were my point of contact for an event that I was doing for one of your clients many moons ago. Uh, I did an event and you were, and you were my point of contact. And it was funny because I never, I've always known you either because of doing the pot, like going pop your popcorn, doing pop-ups and seeing yeah. you and Walt and Fuego. Uh, but it's funny because that's when it hit me. I was like, I was researching and all of a sudden it like sparked and I go, Holy crap. I go, she, she, and I used to email because of an, uh, she would be like my point of contact. Do you remember what it was for the coop? I did a, I did a sandwich eat up event at the coop and you were, you were my PR, the PR person for them. 
and you were my and you were awesome i was like man i'm like and it was funny because i told my wife and my wife's like well how did that event go i was like man that was like i felt like a rock star at that event Aww. i was like i was like I, she's like so that's she's how like, i want everybody to feel when it well, comes to that is exactly how i did feel it was uh it was truly amazing how i felt like it was just really great so um so yeah i thought so i thought it was amazing to see like i totally forgot about that part because mm -hmm. i've always now when I see you and I think of you, I just think of, exactly. you know, popcorn. So it's, yeah. it was kind of funny when I was like thinking back, I was like, Oh, I'm like, that's uh, it's so interesting. Um, so what I find amazing on what you've been able to do and what you've accomplished um, is the fact that you like, you know, you, you pop and distribute from your house. Right. So I pop and distribute from a spot in Sanford. Okay. So I have a kitchen that I work out of. Yep. But it's still just me doing it. Yeah, it's just you doing it. Yeah. And like, and I'm, I've been amazed to see all and, and obviously, like, that's kind of where I one of the things some of the things I wanted to kind of pick your brain on, because you yeah. really had some amazing opportunities come up from your delicious popcorn, which I and I'm and I love seeing, I love seeing small businesses, I love seeing you know, people who are just like hardworking and just like, it just, it just starts clicking. Like, I know you've been featured, you know, on, in Forbes, Esquire, um, you've worked with Netflix, HBO, um, done stuff with the Emmy awards, BET, um, you know, like, tell me about some, how some of those things came about and like, yeah. and, and just kind of yeah. that experience. And maybe, maybe, cause obviously it that was, you know, you've been doing this for a while now. So this isn't yeah. one of those things where it just kind of, it just kind of happened. You've been building up. So I was Absolutely. just kind of curious a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy how it all happened. The connection that I've had with this business is like, I'm loving it and I'm doing it, whether we're really busy or I'm, it's really slow, right? So for the first few years, I had a couple of like really cool opportunities, but nothing really on the grand scale of what happened in 2020. So I always like to say that like my business, and it gave me a lot of grief and excitement at the same time. Yeah. So amid all the social injustice and unrest that happened in 2020, before that, but really that bubbled up in 2020, it put Majors Project Pop in the spotlight. And we were one of the very few businesses that got swept up in this media frenzy in the Buy Black movement. And I remember, you know, again, at that time I was working for an agency and I was just doing my regular job, working from home, you know, working on client things. And I got an email from a vegan publication and they asked, hey, we would love to feature you in a story. And I was like, okay, great. I'd never really heard about it, heard of the outlet, to be honest, because although I am plant-based, I'm not always like reading all the news and what's happening yeah. in all the different outlets, you know? So I was like, sure, of course you can write about us. That's no big deal. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, that story went viral. I mean, when I say viral, I mean viral. So the story hits. I'm literally sitting there. I think I was going to get a glass of water. And all I heard was like, ding, 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 ding. And those were orders coming in from that, from that very story. I think I had like a thousand orders in one day. It was like the most insane thing that I've ever experienced in my life. I was not ready. Yeah. I had very little infrastructure, like, you know, established to be able to handle orders of that type. Because prior to then, I was a very like local focused brand, which I still am, but my audience didn't really extend past really Orlando. So now all of a sudden I'm getting orders from people in Alaska and California, and I'm like, what is happening here? So I had to quickly scale, 
which meant I had to like rethink the way that like, you know, I package and ship and how I ship back then I was still writing labels Mm -hmm. like to ship out. So like, I didn't have like a label maker or anything. So I think that first week when all those orders came in, I was like, I wrote out like 500 labels to ship. It was the wildest thing. I don't know how I did it back then with my day job that I have, but um, the business just really got again, swept up in this by black movement. And it was a very like interesting time for me as a black woman, because I was dealing with like the grief of what was happening in our world, especially with people that look like myself, but then also experiencing this massive success with my business. So it was a very emotional time for me, but I think I did the best I could to just like try to keep my head as level as possible while utilizing the the coverage that I had and the opportunities to really advocate for black people, for brown people, for people who experience injustice in the world and utilizing food as a tool to do that so I mean when I started getting like emails from Netflix and like Lionsgate and all these different like production houses and just people just somehow just finding myself in stories like I would just google something and then all of a sudden like I'm in a story I'm like what when did this happen how did this happen (laughs) it wasn't an act that I had caused at all I was really trying to just keep low-key because I knew once it got like out of the bag, no pun intended, like it was just going to be really hard to contain, but it has been like the wildest two years of my entire life. Um, trying to navigate the pandemic while scaling a business and dealing with the ebbs and flows. Yeah. Right. And one thing that I think is so unique to not just my experience, but a lot of ex- the experience of a lot of people that look like me who are in business from 2020 through 2021, like to support a black business was like a very cool thing to do. It was like very in vogue, right? Everybody wanted to do it. Every, all the brands wanted to support it and talk about it. But that has kind of died off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to see how my business has, has some extreme highs and extreme lows depending on the season. So it requires me to have to like manage my emotions and not take it as like a reflection of, the, the food that I produce or who I am as a person is just like the trends that happen in the world. So it's just a, such an interesting time, but I'm so grateful. And the things that I've been able to do and the opportunities that have been afforded to me through this business, like, I, I still don't think I fully have comprehended what has happened over the past like 24 months yeah. and just how life-changing it has become. And there's still new things that are like coming up and things that I'm being invited to that I'm just like, it's just uh, sometimes I don't feel like it's that imposter syndrome. Like you guys want to make me like <laughs> my business. Okay. All right, let's do it. But it, it's just been, it's been wild and beautiful at the same time. No, that, and that's really impressive to be able to go that route. I, I think it's also real. What's also impressive is the fact that how you were able to figure out and adapt so quickly to kind of scale up because that's always a tough one when you're, when you're doing it, like, uh, I was, I, I chuckled because I, I too used to handwrite and do my notes. And then once I got that thermal printer, I was like, what, where was, what was I doing? What was I doing all this time? I know. Yeah. I always tell people literally like when people ask like, what do you need to start a new business? If you're doing e-commerce, just get like 
some sort of thermal printer, even yep. if you don't need it right now, find one on like Facebook marketplace, eBay, whatever, if you, don't have, if you can't afford like a full price one, just get one because even writing one label today is not even worth it. Like you just need that thing. It's, it's zoomy fast, right? It just, it yep. gets you everything you need in a quick, quick fast in a hurry. So heck yeah. Heck yeah. What, the at the time. And I was kind of curious cause you brought up the topic about the ebbs and flows and obviously every business yeah. has ebb and flow. Um, for in the world of popcorn, what is like, obviously I, I I'm thinking like ho certain holidays have to be like your must, uh, you know, kind of like where it gets, it's, it's, it's obviously popping, uh, you know, yeah. and it kind of gets crazy. Like where, where like the flows is obviously I you know like Christmas time, obviously great, yes. but what are, where are some other times that you can you've noticed that like, Hey, these are some of my high points out of curiosity. Absolutely. So every business is different. Yep. Um, and every popcorn business is different. And then it's even more so different for me because I think some of the reasons why people buy from uh, Majors Project Pop are, are different. So to go over the months, January typically gets busy because people are starting to think about Black History Month in February. Yep. And so when most people are normally like slow after the holiday season, things start to really pick up for me. And then I get a ton of last minute orders on like February 5th asking, can they have it like by the 8th? <laughs> so February is like a crazy month for us. So I was just slow down in March. It's yeah, it slows down through March, April. It's really slow, probably from February to about Mother's Day. Like things, oh, I take that back. February is also busy because of Valentine's yep. Day. So everybody wants our popcorn, they want our 24 karat gold popcorn. That's really popular as like a sweet gift to give someone. So February is insane. Slows down until about Mother's Day. Father's Day, not so much. And then we get into June for Juneteenth. It picks back up again. It's really, really busy for us. So around Juneteenth is when I get a lot of um, bigger corporations, which is yeah. where a lot of like, thankfully, a lot of the funds that come into the business come from. They're ordering popcorn for everybody on staff or sending it out to influencers or partners or having a big block party and eat popcorn. So May slash June is really busy. And then now we're in the summer, it gets really slow. Like there's not, it's not a whole lot happening, but this is also where I get to have a little bit more fun and I can do more pop-ups around town yeah. because I'm not trying to split my time between like really big orders and local commitments. So um, I get to strategize, plan for the fall and the winter. And then Typically around the fall, it picks back up again. And then the holiday season, like, just, I have no idea what could happen in the holiday season. So I don't vacation. I vacation at the very end of the year, like once holiday orders are over. And, and then we just start all over again. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's great. I mean, that, and that's great to know. I mean, obviously, it always it's always difficult when you have a small business and figuring out the ebbs and flows of when it is and things like that. And then once you kind of have those expectations, it makes it a lot, it makes it a heck of a lot easier. Um, so I wanted you to tell me a little bit about your pop mission. Cause I absolutely love it. Um, um, yes. and obviously I've, I, I've heard the story about like how it kind of came up, like, you know, the, when you, when you thought of the word, like the word, the pop word people over, you know, I kind of love it. It's like people yeah. over profits, you know, yeah. purpose over profits. Um, and then, you know, kind of like being able to kind of, you know, you lose a little so others can win the yeah. whole don't cut corners. 
um, you know, the, the, the quality ingredients you provide. Um, I kind of, I kind of wanted to get a little bit more of that and kind of, I kind of love the story of how it came about for you, um, and how you came up with it. So I figured you can uh, maybe share it with us. Absolutely. I love that. So when I create first created majors project pop, it was called eat project pop, which is still like our handle on all social channels. And at that time, um, everything was a project, like it was like a branding thing. Like there was like all at the back in that time, every, everybody was branding something, project something. So I was like, well, why not just name it Project Pop? Like I had no rhyme or reason for why that was the name. And as the years progressed, I just fell more and more out of love with the name. Like I just had zero connection to it. And I'm like, what is this? Like this doesn't, as I began to learn more about myself as an individual, what I stood for as like a person, I'm like, this isn't really making a lot of sense. And it, I don't really feel connected to it. So um, I've had this long-term vision of slightly changing the name because I wanted majors to be a part of major to be a part of it because everybody knows me about majors. So it's like, I should probably have my name somewhere in the company, especially because I have chosen to let people know that I am the owner. And um, one day I was, I had finished popping and it was around like two o'clock in the morning and I had to get up and I was, as I always tell people it's TMI, but you know, in the middle of the night, you gotta get up and go to the bathroom. I got up and I went, I was going to the bathroom and it was like this, like, it was, it was like God had just like dropped this like little on my head and it was like pop. I was like, people over pop. And I was like, wow, okay, I like that. And then like purpose over profit came to my mind. And then I, I texted a couple of friends late at night and then I slept on and the next morning. I just found this like new found love and appreciation for pop and the acronym that it, you know, what it represented to the brand and just how over the years, the actions that I've strategically taken as a business owner, whether it's things I don't do or things that I do um, represent the overall concept of people and purpose over profits. So people always ask like, what does that mean? Well, for me, it means a couple of things. Um, it means that one, I get back to causes that I'm extremely passionate about and that I feel move um, humanity in a positive direction. So I know that there are a lot of causes that um, support, you know, the ending or the alleviation of hunger in certain communities. I'm really passionate about that. I love entrepreneurship as a whole. So I'm always looking um, to support in those communities, especially black and brown areas. And um, one of the bigger areas that I always love to talk about is the ingredients that we use. Yeah. So, you know, there's no shade to anybody who like runs a popcorn company and they don't maybe use like the best ingredients. I feel like everybody has their own style, but from the beginning, I've always used very, very high quality ingredients and they cost me a lot of money. <laughs> None of it, nothing that I use is cheap. I, I sometimes I wish that it were because it would make life a little bit easier, yeah. but we use really high quality ingredients. And because of that, one, it just leads to a higher pro cost product, which I understand that just naturally comes with the game. But I could leave the cost the same to the consumer by a less expensive item make something that tastes really good and just make more money yeah but for me it's like why would i do that if the premise of why i created this company was to create a snack that i felt good about feeding my nieces i only want to give them the best yeah. so if i'm not going to eat it i'm not going to give it to them 
Why would I give it to someone else to feed their kid? Or why would I give it to you to eat? I, I know that one, we use, you know, organic unrefined sugar. That's in no way like a health food, but in the big scheme of life, there are a lot of things that we eat that even if they're sweet, it's still better for you than maybe other things that we eat, right? If we're just totally going off the edge and like, let's just go for it and eat however we want to eat. So with the business, it's really important for me that I use quality ingredients, things that actually can be good for you, but also it's just a treat. Like I feel like everybody deserves something good to eat that makes their 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 stomach smile and gets them all excited about it. But the ingredients I use, they cost me a lot. And I do it intentionally because I feel like I don't mind to lose out a bit so that other people can benefit. Yeah. Like it is not my intention or desire to make millions or hundreds of thousands off possibly leading to the demise of someone's health. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, if I can get a little bit more intentional in the choosing and selection of ingredients so that we're all a little bit better for, but it's still good to enjoy something good. Why not? Um, so that's always been my intention. And I love that as a business owner, because what it allows me to do is know what I can easily say yes to and what I can definitely say no to. So I get a lot of people that are like, hey, can you do this flavor and that flavor? Or I mean, I'm talking about really big companies They're like, really? looking for like a customized blue and red popcorn and we want to do it. And I'm like, yeah, we don't do like, that's not yeah. what we do. Exactly. I can totally recommend you to somebody that does that. And there's no shade to them. I think there's a, there's a place for everybody in the market. So if that's what you need, I got you, I can send you to someone. But as, as for me, I'm not going to do that. And here are all the reasons why. And people typically respect it. And they're like, oh my God, I love that. We definitely yeah. want to support you. So I've always found, especially because of my marketing background, sometimes it is better to like really pick a stance in certain areas of your business and like drive home. Because when people know that you're passionate about your convictions and why you do what you do, it gives them like this like tangible area to like fall in love with that part of your business and really support you because you're passionate about it. So for me, I'm really passionate about food, about the eating experience, and just about the overall health of people. And um, I try to do that however I can with this business, just by being like really intentional. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. Would you say that because of that and those convictions and that passion, um, those are some of like the rest, some of your recipes for success? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm always... I always tell like either my clients and myself to think about like what really matters most to you. When people think about your brand or whatever company, if you own a restaurant, whatever, like what do you want people to think about when you're not in the room? So when it was, you know, so I know you recently interviewed Sarah from Good Crowd. Yeah. I know Sarah. I love her. She's my pickup spot. Uh -huh. People who order popcorn locally. Yep. But when I think about Good Crowd, I think about community. I don't think about like the first thing that, does, that comes to my mind isn't, oh my God, they have the coolest things. It's like, it's a very community oriented place and they sell really good products. So I have a, these like these feel good things about them already. I've seen Sarah like support local yeah. um, entrepreneurs who are just starting and need a place to pop up. She supports me. So I get those feelings about her business and I want people to have a similar idea about my popcorn. And for them, it might just be they use really good ingredients that I can taste. Like I know it's always going to be good. Yeah. Um, and I see the work that they do 
on Instagram or in the community or whatever. It's like, so just finding, finding out what matters most to you and sticking to it and realizing it might not be what's most important to other people, but I think people can feel a lot of times what your intentions are and what you stand for, um, even when you're not verbalizing it to people. So yeah, convictions are key because there's so many trends and so many things that we could be doing and it works for some businesses, right? Like fast fashion and things like that, right? Yeah. You can hop the trends and that's how you make your money. But if you're not a fast fashion business or if you are more of a like local oriented business, you can't always keep up with everybody's with everybody's doing because then nobody really knows what you stand for or what you do well. You just kind of do what everybody else does. So, yeah, I, I think you, uh, you hit some, some, definitely some great points. And, uh, and I totally agree. I mean, that's, that's one of the things, I mean, that's, I think to me, those are the things where, you know, you're kind of, you're hitting your branding and you're hitting your mark, uh, when, you know, certain things that people think about and think about you. So I think, uh, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to pick your brain because as a, obviously we're both small businesses, but you also work on the PR side. Yeah. Um, do you have any like tips or suggestions you would give someone in helping them get their name out? Maybe, maybe, yeah. you know, get a little bit more local or national public, any PR tips that you yeah. can, uh, that you can maybe give to someone? Absolutely. So one of the first things I always tell people is to figure out why, why do you want publicity? Is it going to be fruitful for your business? Because I'll tell you as like a publicist, I am very, very selective about where I pitch my clients and what I pitch them for because not all publicity is good publicity. And if you have certain goals in mind, what I recommend for you might be very different than for some, for some other business. So I'll give you an example. I think I got featured in like um, this like really big country living story uh, maybe a year or so ago. And I think it might've been another like really big outlet, like, I don't know, Esquire or something. And I got very few sales from those, just two examples of those two big hits. But then I got featured on like a, a smaller, some sort of website I had never heard about. And then all of a sudden I got this call from Wells Fargo wanting to do this really big order for Juneteenth. And I'm like, well, where did you hear about us? He's like, I found you on this website. And he named it. And I had no idea what it was. <laughs> but I say all that to say it's more important to know why you want to do something because that will determine where you want to show up. You don't want to just be on any publication or any website or on any news channel. You want to be on the right ones that will lead to greater brand awareness for your audience and that could potentially lead to sales. So kind of figure out why you want to do this. For some people, it's just like vanity purposes. And it's like, ah, you know, I mean, we can do it, but it's not really going to be fruitful. So figuring out why. The second thing is always tell people to assess your online presence. So does your website work? <laughs> like when I go there, is it live? Are all the links accurate? Is it, do you have SEO? Do you have compelling um, photography and copy that will at least get somebody scrolling or keep them there? All of that matters so much these days, more than any time in the past, right? Because you can have customers across the world and they can get to you like you had a storefront just via your website. So making sure your social presence is just in a decent place. You might not have the best. We can all always, always do better, but just making sure that you've got this solid foundation that is the most representative of what your business sells 
in the quality that you sell. I can tell you, so, so many times I've like come into contact with businesses and I look at their packaging and I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks amazing. And then when I go to their website, I realize like these things don't match. Yeah. So if you have a product, I'm not saying you've got to invest like $10,000 or anything crazy into your website. Like I built, I built my own website. It's not the best, but I think it works. I mean, people go there and I don't have any issues with it. So if you can create something that at least is complementary to what you sell, whether that's a store, a restaurant, if you're a designer or you're a photographer, your, your digital presence just needs to be on point to the point where people take you seriously and feel like they don't mind investing in you because you have something quality to share or yeah. sell to them. The last thing I'll share is I always recommend that people know a little bit about the services that they hire people to do for their business. So if you're hiring a publicist and you have no idea what PR is, do a little research because PR is very different depending on which industry you're in and why you're hiring someone. Like there are different types of publicists that do different types of things. So don't hire a food PR publicist to roll out a, I don't know, like a- Earrings. Yeah. Like, unless they are a lifestyle publicist, then they yeah. probably could do that. Like, if they're really good in, like, the e-commerce space, great. But there are publicists, like, I've ha- I have experienced, like, crisis PR. If you have a restaurant, right, and you have something just hit the fan and it's going down, your normal food culinary publicist, who's really just good at, like, getting you in the news and connecting with influencers, might not be the best person to help you go through this like turmoil to let your business doesn't come out in smoke at the end. Right. So it's just knowing a little bit more about what you need and doing a little bit of the PR yourself. I'm always recommending that people hire out when, whenever they can, but if you're really small and you don't have the budget, one, you can hire someone like me just for like, I have like these day rates that I have for people where I can just talk to them and help them out through like a variety of things or just do the work yourself. If you have an ice cream shop and you're like, okay, National Ice Cream Day is coming up. We should do something really cool. Or we're having this really big event and rolling out these new flavors. Go on social media, find some of the influencers you like and send them a DM and let them know. You can also go to OrlandoSentinel.com or Orlando Weekly or whatever it is, you know, in the city and reach out to these people that you know write these stories and just let them know. Will they run it? You never know. But if you put together a nice email and give them a heads up, send them some photography or flyer, you never know. You could be in the paper or they might say, this is amazing. I needed this. I'm doing a roundup about ice cream shops in town. We would love to stop by your shop. And then bada bing, bada boom, now you're in the news and things can just kind of take off from there. But if you hire people and you don't know anything about what they're supposed to do, one, you can get easily taken advantage of and be out of thousands of dollars and then not believe in PR marketing at all because you think that everybody is like shysty. Yeah. <laughs> and then two, it just gives you a better footing so that you know what you're looking for, right? It's like, well, I was doing a little research and I think I might need this or that. And then you can pass it off to a professional who can assess what you share with them and they can say, oh yeah, you're on track. This is what we need. Let's go for it. Or Mm, you really don't need that. These are my recommendations. What are your thoughts? So it can be more collaborative versus you just kind of being in the dark and letting someone lead you into a place where maybe that's really not what your business needed in general. No, so those I, would be my tips. I love it. I love it. Um, 
what lessons do you think you've learned along like these past eight years running uh you know your project pop get a thermal printer really fast yep (laughs) i'm so passionate about that it's crazy Um, by the way do you have a you i'm assuming uh, since if you have it like me you don't have a wireless one right you have like the one you have to plug into your laptop I do or have computer. The plug-in one. so do I, I. and like now i want the wireless but now <laughs> now i'm like uh-uh, wireless I'm like, one. one i just heard sometimes it can be a little finicky yeah and when i need my printer i need my printer so i yeah. always need to be like on point it is mm-hmm. a little bit of like especially i have a mac so it's like a lot of like rigging with like adapters and stuff to get it in but i mean i always just recommend get one if you run a business really any type and ship anything yeah. it's literally the best investment ask your family to help you buy one or put it on your list for your birthday or yeah. christmas or whatever um other lessons that i've learned um you are one of the most valuable assets to your business so you have to invest in yourself and sometimes that means saying no and creating boundaries and resting because I'm naturally a goer. I'm a three on the Enneagram. So I can like through life, through task. I mean, I'm like, I'm moving and shaking, but throughout the pandemic and and into today, I've learned that like my rest is so essential. Like I cannot be as um, outgoing, as connected. I can't make the best popcorn if I'm exhausted. And sometimes that means passing up on money. Right. Like some people have come to me and I've had to make really hard calls. Like if it's February and your company is now asking me for popcorn, you need it. I've had literally people say, can we get it tomorrow? Tomorrow. And they want a lot of popcorn and it's a lot of money. And I'll tell them I can't do that. But if you want it in in a week, I can do that for you. Yeah. So creating like this balance with internally and externally, I think will serve a lot of business owners well if they catch on to that early because it took me a while and the business really grew after a while. So you said eight years. I really feel like truly I've only been doing this for maybe like four years. That's how it feels to me because it really took off like much later. And then um, the other thing I would say that I've learned Mm -hmm. is it's so important to lean into why you do what you do and to have those convictions and like foundation, like foundational principles of the work that you do. Like it's really like we normally hear about them with like bigger corporations, like your mission statement, your purpose, why you do like brand guardrails, like all of that sounds like, oh, that's like really business, like corporation things. No, that can apply to any business. So I even think about that as like, an entrepreneur who owns a business where it's just me, right? I'm a solo practitioner. I still have to have those things for myself as a business because I need some guardrails that will help direct me through life and the clients that I take, who I partner with, why I do what I do. If you don't have those things, you could sometimes find yourself trying to be everything for everybody and lack integrity. And then you can end up five years down the line wondering like why am I even doing this like does this matter but if you have those guardrails and you like are able to work with intention it really helps you wake up and have a reason for why you're doing what you're doing so yeah I think those are like some of the some of the bigger 
bigger takeaways that I've learned over the years that I think have served me well. And I always try to share them with people when they ask questions like that. No, that's great. That's great. Um, so I absolutely love your husband, Walter Fuego, who also, by the way, is a digital creator, serial yeah. entrepreneur, founder of Orlando podcast studios and studio 17 yeah. create and all that goodness. Yeah. I know it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> But um, he's a, one of the things that I love and I, and I kind of wanted to bring up was he's like a huge advocate on taking the time to enjoy the process. So yeah. I'm kind of curious on like how important it's been to have someone like him in your life and in your business journey. Yeah. So my husband has been so important to the work that I do because it can be very lonely and dark sometimes when I'm really tired or I'm just trying to figure out like, how am I gonna get this order out? Or how do I set up this freaking tent again at this event? <laughs> like, there's just like these tangible things and there's these emotional things. Mm -hmm. And having someone like him has been um, so important because he not only provides like hands when I need it, but also perspective. So yeah. during the pandemic, I was working a full-time job. I like led a division at a PR agency in town and I was at this big crossroads of like, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to leave my job and really pursue PR on my own and really like give my best shot to this popcorn company. And um, I was scared out of my mind. I'm like, I don't know that I can do this. I've always had a job. I love the balance of like, you know, getting paid twice a month and then having this popcorn, you know, it was just, it's easier. And because my husband is an entrepreneur, he was just really able to like speak life into all of my areas of doubt and remind me that like, if it doesn't work out, you can always get a job again. Like it's not the end of the world, right? Like I'm so like finite when it comes to things like, if I do this, this will happen. He was a great reminder that like, that's not how it goes. Um, and I've also, also watching him as an entrepreneur, it kind of prepared me for like the ebbs and flows because I've seen his business. Sometimes it's popping, sometimes it's not. So that gives me perspective that like your business can still be successful and not always be doing this. Like you actually don't want this. This leads to burnout. If this is what your business is like all the time, you need some of this because it allows for like rest and recovery, strategizing, and then going back up again. So I got to see that through him. And then he's really big on systems. So I try, I'm not really a systems girl. But because of him, I like you utilize like systems and tools to help me organize my day, structure my business. And it just it takes like a lot of the guesswork out of my life. And without like he put me on Notion, I use Notion to organize like all of my business and personal life and activities and orders. And it is like the best thing for me. If I didn't have that, people probably wouldn't get their popcorn on time. I probably would have missed today with you. <laughs> like, it's just literally my whole entire life in a system. So yeah, being married to an entrepreneur who is um, ambitious, but intentional, like definitely rubs off on me and just gives me perspective that like, we can really do this thing. Like we can live lives that are fruitful, intentional, and that you can do what you actually like to do and still make money. Yeah. Like for some reason, for the longest time, I thought that, that was just like a thing that maybe other people could do, but I never saw how that could be actualized in my life and being married to him and having him like kind of push me to say like, you can actually do this major life. Trust me, I, I've seen you work. You can do this. It's what gave me like that 
extra little, mm, I needed to like make that hard call during a time where like the normal person would say, don't quit your job. Are you crazy? You know, yeah. I did it anyway. And now looking on the other side of it, you know, he'll, he'll come home often and be like, look at you just live in the dream, <laughs> you know, and every day it still has its challenges, but like my life is just so much better for it. So it definitely helps having someone like him, but I saw always, always advocate for people. That'd probably be the fourth thing that I would add for when one thing that I've learned is you have to have a good community around you. Like you just need people around you that see maybe where you're trying to go or believe in what you're trying to do, who can advocate for you and tell you like, keep going, even when it's really hard or who can put you on opportunities. Like I love telling, Hey, you should interview this person or pitching people for opportunities, even when they're not my client. Like, I just want to yeah. see people win. Yeah. So if you have people around you that kind of feel the same way, like I, my husband always says, like if Orlando, if we really got together as a community in like a lot of different areas, we could be like really unstoppable because this is the land, Orlando is a land of opportunity. Like you can have a one small business one day and the next day, or, you know, three months from now, you've got a line wrapped around like East End Market for whatever it is that you sell, right? Like yeah. people can really take off much more easily than they can in other cities. So, you know, just finding those people that you can like be vulnerable with and do life with as a business owner. Uh, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be anywhere that I, I wouldn't be where I am today without the people in my life because they've just made it so much better. It's not as hard when you've got people around you. I absolutely love, love hearing you say that. I think, uh, I, I'm a huge advocate for the, the cheerleader and having, and being those and being that aspect. I think it's, uh, yeah. so important. And I totally agree on the aspect of having when you're solo and not having someone that kind of at least provides that, um, extra level of advocacy and kind of support. It's, uh, it definitely makes it a lot tougher when you're going through the process. So I definitely, uh, yeah. I totally, totally get that. Um, to one little thing out of curiosity, since we were talking about Fuego, do you by any chance also follow the three o'clock, five minutes meditation? Uh, do you try to do that? Or is that just a him thing? I funny because I see it. And then I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm working right now. I'm like, I'm in the middle of my I'm almost done with the day. But I have done it a few times. Like processes and systems like this is like his thing. That's yeah. not me. Like, for me, I am. I'm much better in the morning time. So I've like created some systems for when I wake up. Like I have things that I do every morning now when I get up that just kind of like get my mind like centered and then ready for the day. Mm -hmm. At three o'clock, I could be anywhere. I could be like headed to the gym, leaving a client meeting, rushing to get on like a Zoom call with you. I mean, it could literally yeah. be So, but he structures his day around that. So yeah, it's not really my thing. Like sitting there for five minutes, I would be like, okay, did I do the laundry? Oh, I have to get that order out. Oh, yeah. Why don't you post that on social media? Like that's mm -hmm. not... Oh, I get it. I get it. I've tried. I've tried yeah. it many times and my brain goes exactly the way you go, Major. I'm like, right. oh, wait, is it five minutes yet? Because I got, oh, what about this idea? And it's right. like, and I get it, but it's, yeah. So it's kind of, I was guys kind of curious if you did. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you balance, how do you balance it though? Like how, and I, and you mentioned that, like, I, I was like, you know, during this time, especially the last few years, realizing rest and all that stuff. Like, how do you balance, yeah. especially in your world now? Because um, you know, you got to be able to turn off the switch sometimes. And then like, mm -hmm. when do you find that ebb and flow of being able to do that? Yeah. So I take a day of rest every week now. 
very important to me. Um, and sometimes the days change like this past weekend, it was Saturday that I rested. I'm not working. I'm still doing things right, but I'm not using my brain power to do my normal yep. things that generate money for me or that are part of my day-to-day -day work. So I try, I'm not always faithful at it, but I try to take at least one day of, of rest. Sometimes it's active rest, but it's definitely rest. Um, and I've realized <laughs> it's funny. Is everybody, I don't know. Do you, are, do you follow the Enneagram? Yes. Okay. What, what are you? Um, you know, I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head. Now I, now I get a check. It's okay. Well, I'm a three. So we're okay. natural like, achievers, which means that like, I mean, at our best, we are like full of life. We're energized. We're working in our purpose. We enjoy the work that we do at our worst. Our work defines who we are. Right. So if I'm not selling popcorn and do making, you know, selling a lot of popcorn, that's a reflection on me, not just the business, but me as an individual. So it's a very like we can be very hard on ourselves. And that's the posture that I've taken probably my entire life and leaving my job, my PR, like regular job that I had really helped me like reassess how I identify myself as an individual. So today. I've kind of broken up some of my three ways instead of so closely identifying who I am to what I do. I've been really passionate about finding out who is major outside of what I do for people and for the world. Yeah. So major is just a person who really likes to work out. I like to eat food and talk about food. I love to connect people. I love to spend time with my family. I love to chill with my husband. Like these are things that have nothing to do with what I produce for the world, but everything about just who I am as a person. So yeah. I spend a lot of time doing that. And um, in doing that, I find myself doing less busy work. And when I do work, it's much more productive. And I resist the urge to always feel like I have to be working. So to give you just a little bit, like a little bit behind the curtain of my life, uh, on the PR side, I'm very intentional about the businesses I work with. So my client list is very small, but it's very intentional. Like <laughs> I don't work with everybody and, and their mom because all of us don't line up as far as like our values and what we do. Yeah. So because my client list is smaller, I realized I really don't have to work every hour of the day, <laughs> which is very weird for me. Like when you work for a company, you got to clock your hours, you, you know, they hire you for a certain amount of time and then you typically yep. work well above that. Well, for me, I don't have to do that. So I have to resist the urge to always be on. And sometimes that means I just have time to take a nap or I have time to go for a walk or go grocery shopping or stop by the studio and see my husband. And that's like that balance of rest and work and how they can work in harmony. Now yeah. I'm a full-time entrepreneur, so it's going to look different for somebody who works, you know, a regular like nine to five or eight to six, whatever job. But what it really boils down to is just really defining who I am outside of my work, which is what I always advocate people to do. And then really leaning into whatever those things are that make you who you are, because if, if they're not work related, then you just get to enjoy being who you are and not yeah. feeling so like attached to the accomplishments of a job or a career, which they're rarely ever in our control, right? Some things are just beyond what we can do. We never saw 2020 coming. So if you were so bogged down into seeing success from your job and your business closed down in 2020, who are you now? 
you know? So I've, I'm doing that hard work every day. And sometimes it just looks like, Major, just go take a nap. And I do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. So well, I think that, yeah. I think that's awesome. I mean, that's something definitely to strive for. I think it's uh, I absolutely love that. Um, what advice you've given some amazing tips and lessons, but I'm just kind of curious because I always ask this question. So I figure I'm going to keep with it. Um, yeah. What advice would you give someone looking to start? Obviously, you've given some amazing lessons, but like if you were to tell someone, if someone yeah. were to say, hey, major, I want to start something. What's the first thing you tell them besides a thermal printer? Oh yeah. <laughs> so I've kind of gone over the, some of what I yeah. always advocate for and recommend, but I'll reiterate because I think it's important. Repetition is awesome. Um, first thing is why are you doing this? Yeah. You need to figure out your why. Why is this important? And sometimes it has, you know, business people, they tell you like, find out what the people need and you'll always make money, you know, all that stuff. It's like, no, like, why are you doing this? Is it because you love soap making yeah. or you really love, connecting people over coffee or you love throwing dinner parties or whatever it is, right? Why are you doing this? Figure that out Two, Then you need that conviction. Like you need to anchor yourself into something about what you do that will keep you going because it will get really, really hard. You will go through seasons where you won't make any money or any sales and feel like my whole business is going down the drain. And then you will equally go through seasons where there's so much success that you can crumble under that pressure. So if you figure out why you're doing what you're doing, it can kind of like help anchor you. And it's like that, like, um, like that North star that reminds you like, Oh, this is why I'm doing this. So I can, yeah. it's hard, but I can keep going. Then you need a community. You need people that can just like hold you down. Like I've had friends that, you know, when I felt like the, the orders that were just coming in, were just kind of like pressing me back, but they were literally like behind me, like, picking me back up and saying, Hey, what do you need me for? I can put on labels for you. I can help you go to the post office. I can just chill with you and bring you coffee. Like, what do you need? So you, I, I call that my, we, like you need like your community that can like really advocate for you and check you when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, hold you accountable, love yeah. on you. What's one other thing to get started. I think you just need to, uh, it just has to be fun. Life is too short, you know, like, I've just learned that like life is really, really short yeah. and you got to find some sort of enjoyment in what you do. Like, even if it looks different than like the enjoyment for other people. So let's say, let's say you want to start an e-commerce business, right? Like something on Amazon. I mean, if you're not really running it, or even if you are, it's probably not really fun. Right. Yeah. But what can you find that makes it enjoyable for you? Is it like what you're going to be able to do with the funds once you get them, that makes it fun? Like, Find some sort of joy in what you do because so much of life is like laborious and stressful. But if you're starting something new, especially today, I think gone are the days of like just doing something because if you're starting something new, just because you just have to, like, if you got to make ends meet, I'm always like, sometimes you just got to like, you got to get it done. But if you're doing this because you actually want it to be like sustaining and fulfilling to you, you got to find some sort of joy in it. And once you do that, like, even when it's hard, there's, for me, there's nothing like, even when I'm like dog tired, when I go to an event or when I get an email from a snacker and they're like, oh my gosh, I had your popcorn. It was the best thing I've ever had. Or how is it still crunchy? Does it taste fresh? Like you just made it. Like those things just literally just make my heart just flutter like a thousand times over. And it just reminds me of like, this is actually really cool. I get to make popcorn. Like, yeah. 
that's really cool, you know? So doing those, I think four things, I think are really helpful and they'll give you purpose, connection, community, enjoy. And you need those things because starting anything is just hard, right? Keeping going, keeping at something, even like going for walks every day is hard for people, right? Eating healthy. So starting Consistency. a whole or yeah. something is like, oh my gosh, this is like intense. So you need to have at least some of those four things or all of them, in my personal opinion, to maybe see it through and then enjoy. And even when it's all said and done, maybe years down the line, you don't regret why you did it. You're like, that was good for that season. I don't do that anymore. But man, when I did it, it was fun. You know, I enjoyed it. It was, it was crazy, but I learned so much from it. So yeah, those four things. I think that's, that's, that's just as good as your ingredients in your popcorn. Those are some great tips. Um, Where can people find you, follow you, shop for your product? Absolutely. So you can always find us. Um, we're open 24-7 on eatprojectpop.com. Say that again, eatprojectpop.com. There we you can order on the website and we can ship to you anywhere in the country. And then you can also click the local pickup option if you are in Central Florida. And our only pickup location is at Good Crowd Shop in College Park. So you can literally just click that option, place the order for whatever you like. You can do candles, totes, popcorn, whatever you see on the website, let me know. And then typically within like a couple of days, um, it'll be available or same day, depending on my schedule at Good Crowd Shop. And then oftentimes we do pop-ups at Good Crowd, Easton Market, different places around town. So follow us on Eat Project Pop on all social channels, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We normally post about where we're going to pop up so that you can come see us and sample popcorn if you want to try it first. And then get a couple bags. Yeah, she's a she's a good snack dealer. She lets you sample first, and then you get addicted, and then you need to buy. So, uh, I definitely uh, I love that, and I and I do love, by the way, the fact that you do the local uh, pickup location. I think it's great, and and you're right, Sarah from Good Crowd is amazing. Um, you can actually hear her story as well because she's been a press guest, so you can hear her story as well, which is amazing. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time. I know we've kind of had some issues trying to connect because obviously busy schedules, but I really wanted people. I was so intrigued. I've always been intrigued by you and your story and, and your success and like, and all your hard work. And I just really wanted to basically kind of, I wanted, I thought you'd be a great resource um, to kind of have people be able to listen to your story, learn more about you. And, uh, and I, and I just thought you'd be a great guest. So I really appreciate you um, coming on and having lunch with me today. I really appreciate that. I always tell people, if you ask me questions, like I can go, I can go deep. So if anybody has additional questions or they're curious about anything that I shared, I always tell people, you can hit me up on Instagram, Uh, my personal channel, my personal channel, my personal account is major creates. So if you're like, Hey, I have questions about something, you can hit me up there or on eat project pop. I always love to connect. And of course, you know, find myself a part of everybody's little community if I can be. So feel free to reach out to me and thank you so much for having me. I'm always so, so, so honored and grateful. Anytime anybody says, I want to talk to major and hear her yeah. laugh for an hour about anything. So Heck yeah. thank you so much. I, I, I don't take, I never take anything for granted. So it, and it's always so crucial for me to connect with people that I know locally. Yeah. Sometimes it's so easy to like be thinking about like all the other things you could be doing, but these type of interactions just allow me to, 
just share and connect. And it's like my favorite thing to do. So thank you for having me. No, thank you. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for major for being on and having lunch with me. Definitely make sure to check out, check them out online, eat project pop.com. Um, and if you, uh, if you enjoyed the show, definitely make sure to subscribe, share it, um, spread the word, definitely follow, do some shopping online. And obviously, uh, I'd love to know if you did, uh, do some popcorn and what your thoughts on the popcorn is, uh, as well as either candles, totes, variety of different things. Um, if you want to support me, check out my brand, Delhi fresh threads, um, go ahead and do some shopping by all means, definitely give me a sandwich selfie here and there. Um, yeah. but thank you until next time, keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion. Thank you so much, everyone.